Good morning. Are you ready for the word of God? Good, I'm glad you are, Jacob. (laughs) Well, we were teaching on a call to families and fathers. We were teaching on that, and we have talked about, well, from the first message, really, it was from Father's Day. We talked about uh, fathers being uh, honored and obeyed, uh, not because of they are so great or anything like that. It's just because that uh, they hold a position of authority inside the house given by God. They have a responsibility. And so that responsibility uh, carries with that a position of honor and obedience. We went from there uh, to the next, I think it was our grand opening probably. Uh, we had talked about a vision that each house needs a vision. You need a vision for your house. You need a vision for your family so that everyone will be on board as far as where you are going. If there is no vision there, they don't know where they're going. On 4th of July, we talked about a sweet fragrance of Jesus Christ to God being carried every single place we go. And that was a message that um, didn't get recorded uh, the first time we did it, but we recorded it again uh, later. Uh, Justin, one of the sound people, recorded uh, with me in the sanctuary here because I, uh, it's a message that really uh, touches me because it reminds me and it spoke to me so much that uh, when things are not going my way, I need to, in my household, I need to be a f- sweet fragrance, a fragrance of Jesus Christ to God. To God. To God. Everywhere I go, to God. That's what God is looking for from me. The Father is looking for me to represent Jesus Christ, to be conformed to his image. And that's what he's looking for, that aroma. And when they gave sacrifices in the Old Testament, it was an aroma that went up to God. Well, the sacrifices that he's asking us to do is to be a sweet fragrance of Jesus Christ. So I need to be that, and my flesh doesn't want to be that way. Uh, Also, we talked about later on uh, the next um, message, which is the second message in July, pretty much was we talked about uh, being connected, being connected to the body and being connected to a ministry. And, of course, we'll start now uh, life groups, and we'll probably have some video stuff on that in the weeks to come. Uh, while I was on vacation, and we were on vacation, we had uh, uh, Chad Roberts teach. He taught on loyalty. Uh, Elder Sam taught on being uh, the light in the culture. And uh, we had Virgin Moore speak last week on the power of gratitude. This Sunday, we're going to be talking about imparting in that household. That's what God wants to impart. He wants to impart a determination to hear to have hearing ears, a determination to hear. Now, we're not talking about today our outer physical ears, you know, physically hearing in the natural. We're not talking about that because uh, we know that we can hear. We know that God has given us the ability to hear. Um, Most everyone, in a way, we can hear. But we're talking about spiritually. Spiritually. Spiritually, do we have hearing ears? I want to have hearing ears. Now, in the scripture, it talks about having uncircumcised ears and ears that are really deaf to spiritual instruction and moral instruction. And I don't want uncircumcised ears. And, of course, you know the uncircumcised in the Old Testament, that uh, they were not God's people. Uh, he told God, God told his people that they need to be circumcised. 
uh, well, in the New Testament, he's telling us we need to have circumcision of circumcision of the heart. Well, we're talking today about circumcision of the ears. Okay? Let's look in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? This is Jeremiah speaking now too. Now, Jeremiah is talking to Judah. He's talking to God's people. And Judah was uh, not doing what they were supposed to do. And, of course, God sent Jeremiah with the word to them. And Jeremiah is not talking to a pagan nation. He's talking to, if we will put it in today's term, Christians. He's talking to the church. Behold, he says, their ears are closed. In the King James, it would say uncircumcised. Un- uncircumcised of ears means that they are, they are closed. You, you can't hear. You know? Not naturally, but spiritually, you can't hear. And they cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord has become a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. Now, that's, a, a, that, that's really a, a bad thing uh, for God to be sending a prophet to tell his people that they don't really have delight in his word. I don't want to be that way. So God is saying to me that I need to have my ears circumcised. I, I need to have my ears open. I need to have listening ears. I don't need to be stiff, stiff-necked. Let's look in, in Acts. Chapter 7, verse 51. It says, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are not always, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. That's not good either. That's not not a good thing uh, that was was being told to the so-called leaders of the, of the uh, church or to the uh, Pharisees. You know, they, they had uncircumcised ears. Now, what do we need then? We, we need to have listening ears. How do we get that? Let's look then in Proverbs chapter 25. Because one who has hearing ear, he, that person is going to manifest obedience. Proverbs 25, 12 says, Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reproval to a listening ear. A listening ear. That's what I want, a listening ear. Now, like an earring of gold and a a fine uh, ornament of fine gold, that type of uh, uh, putting on a jury, uh, women, uh, they, they enhance their appearance. And God is saying through that proverb that just as a woman would enhance her appearance uh, through wearing gold uh, ornament, ornaments on, on their ears, a wise approval would be to a listening ear. A listening ear would ha- have their life improved, their life would be uh, adorned if they would listen to a wise approval. Now, who is a wise approval? Uh, we, we, can, we can think that we are wise sometime, 
And wise reprover is not just someone who's going to tell somebody their errors, somebody who's going to tell somebody their faults. Anybody can tell somebody their errors or their faults. Anybody can do that. Nobody needs that, you know. And really, nobody really pretty much listens to someone who is just going to tell them their faults, you know. Uh, that they're not going to listen. And so God says you want to be a wise reprover. A wise reprover is someone who understands, is this person willing to hear? Is this person, uh, you know, have a under, does this person have an understanding character about them? You see, sometimes uh, you've seen people, I'm pretty sure, that I don't care what you tell them, they're really not listening. They hear it, but they're really not listening. And I'm sure you as parents, you probably have, have uh, experienced that sometimes with your, uh, with your children. You know, you tell them something and they act like they didn't hear it. And sometimes you say, did you hear what I said? That's what we say sometimes. Sure, they hear what you said. They just, they, they, they weren't paying attention to what you said. They, they really didn't have a listening ear to what you said. And so we have to say, well, okay, now, uh, what is the character of my child here? Because I want my child to have a character that they have the ability to understand that when I speak to them, I'm speaking to them for their benefit. I'm not speaking to them out of, out of a, a malice or a harshness or anything like that. What I want to do is help improve their lives. So you have to work on the character of your children. That's what you have to do. Otherwise, they won't have listening ears, and you'll be telling them something two, three, four, five times, and they might do it once things elevate to the point that they think it's going to cause them problems that they don't want. You see? So they, and they know that. They know when you're going to get to the, to the threshold of punishing them or, doing, or taking something from them or whatever it is. So first-time obedience doesn't exist with them. You know? And children, really, uh, when they... Uh, I, I, don't, I haven't seen any yet who they are... Uh, first-time obedience, they come out of the womb with first-time obedience. I haven't seen anything like that, you know. Um, they just don't make them. <laughs> but God says that you can develop that in their character if you would uh, try to teach them. We must ask God to open our ears. That's another thing we must do. We must ask God to open our ears. See, I don't have a listening ear by nature, and you don't either. You know, really. If, if we didn't have it as a child... Obviously, we don't have it now as an adult. We really don't. But God can give it to us if we would understand that we are hard of hearing sometimes spiritually. Anybody with me on that? You know, two people. Okay. Uh, that's okay. You know, the rest of you, uh, you know, you, you're, you're real, you like the song, Holy, Holy. <laughs> we all are holy, but we all need more sanctification, don't we? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. Now, of course, the Lord made, uh, made, made everything about us. And so we should dedicate our eyes, dedicate our ears to him. But also that can be applied to, if he made it, not only did he make the natural ear, not only did he make the natural eyes, he also makes us so we can... Uh, have understanding. He makes us so we can hear spiritually. So 
I ask God, God, I want to hear. Yeah? When, I come to, when, I, when I come to church, um, because I've been in, in church longer than I've been uh, bringing messages, uh, and I just ask God, God, give me a hearing ear. I want to hear what you are saying through the person who's speaking. And when we have a guest speaker, I do the same thing. Let me have a hearing ear. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may be able to see you. Open my ears, Lord, that I may be able to hear you. We take it for granted sometimes that we can, we can hear what God is saying. You see, most of us have been in church so long that we've heard about just about every type of message that we, you, know, you can hear, every type of topic that you can hear, all different type of ways from a lot of different personalities, so nothing is new under the sun. But I believe that God speaks to us in the midst of familiarity. In other words, God tells me to read my Bible continually over and over and over again. I said, but I read it. You know, I, I already know what, what this is going to do. I already know what, what, what I already know. I read this thing about ten times, Lord, all the way through. Why do I have to keep reading this thing? Like James. Why do, you, why, why do I have to keep reading James? Well, what's the deal about James? I have to keep reading this. I know the book of James, you know. <laughs> but I tell you, the problem is that in the book of James, I have uh, head knowledge of it. I have memorized a lot of it. You know? But when it comes to doing it, like I said, that is a weakness that I have. Because I know that when he tells me to do something and the pressure hits me, it's hard for me to control my flesh unless I have been in his word over and over and over and over again. I have to keep putting it in, keep putting it in, keep putting it in, keep putting it in. So I have to keep telling myself, uh, count it all joy when various trials come upon me. Count it all joy, count it joy. You know, count it joy. Count it. Consider it as joy. Yeah. Because in my flesh, it's not joyful at all. Not at all. Yeah. I have to, you know, keep putting in, in, in my mind, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, because the anger of man doesn't work the righteousness of God. I have to keep putting it in, keep putting it in, keep putting it in, because my flesh will get uh, riled up and disturbed about something, and I want to say something that I shouldn't say. And then when I say something I shouldn't say, then I fall into sin. Now I have to ask God to forgive me. We have to get this word in. Give me a hearing ear, Lord. Give me a seeing eye that I may be able to see. I don't know how many times that I went to um, North Carolina. I've gone to North Carolina so many times. Um, and that was my prayer uh, on the way to uh, North Carolina. I will pray for uh, about an hour, and I'll, I'll pray for about an hour, and so it takes me about a, two hours and 20 minutes to get there. And so uh, I will be praying, God, I want to gain from this trip. I'm going to my mentor. Uh, I'm going to be there longer. I'm, a, I'm on the road for five hours, pretty much, a little over five hours, and I want to gain something, Lord. Give me something. Give me something. One day I was crying, um, really, I'm serious, I was crying, uh, because uh, I've been hurt uh, really bad that particular 
week before, um, my flesh had been, not me, but my flesh had been hurt. Uh, you know, you, you think that people don't get hurt by your words. You think people don't get hurt by your attitude. People get hurt, especially, you know, uh, teenagers and, and children, your parents. They are not happy when, when, when you uh, say things to them that you shouldn't say, when you do things that you shouldn't do. It hurts them. It really does, okay? And it, it does, it's no different uh, for uh, the elders. It's no different for me uh, as uh, your leader that I get hurt sometimes by the way I'm treated, okay? Well, I was, I was, I was really crying that, that, that day on the way. I said, God, uh, this really hurt. God, please help me to be able to overlook this and keep going and count it just joy, just count it joy, you know? And I couldn't count it joy, of course, at that time. Well, when I got there, uh, we, we had lunch, of course, and, and then we got into the the word, and, and one of the, the men there was prophetic, and he said, well, hey, Jerry, can I, can I, I, got, I got a word for Willie, and uh, so he said, yeah, give it to him, you know, and the word that he gave me was that, my son, you know, I've seen your tears, you know, I know your heart, I know what you're going through, I know your hurts, but I'm going to bring you through, you know, you are doing, he, he, he told me in essence, he said, he said, you are doing what I've called you to do. Just realize that they're not coming against you, they're coming against me. You know? Now, he knew nothing about anything, because I didn't tell him. You know? Nothing about anything, I didn't tell my mentor, didn't tell anybody, nobody knew. You know? I, was, I was okay when I got there, I was faking it. You know? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, like we most of the time do when we come to church. You know? uh, but I'm telling you that God ministered to me, and, but because I was praying... The whole time I was praying, God, help me. I need to get something out of when I go. I don't need to just go, Lord, and just have, a, have another instruction. God, I want you to minister to me. I want to learn something for the church. I want to grow, Lord. That's what I was asking. You've got to ask God those things. When I, when, I, when, when, I, when I get to the place where I think I know everything, you can't tell me anything, you know, Elders can't tell me anything. Nobody can tell me anything because I've, I've seen it. I've done it. You know, you, know you, you, you might as well write me off, you know, because I'm no good to you or anybody else because no one has arrived. All of us need God. All of us need him to speak to us. All of us need sanctifying. There's not a person alive that doesn't need more sanctification. I don't care who they are or how long they've been in ministry, they need more sanctification. And I've been around some, some, some you know, awesome men of God and women of God, and they still need sanctifying. If, if, if you got close, close enough to them, you understand, you know, uh, what, what I'm talking about. And I've been close enough to people to see and hear that they, have, they, they are just like we are. They have to overcome. It counts the most when we are corrected for missing the mark. Another word for missing the mark, a word for it, three-letter word, start with an S, is called what? Sin, okay? It counts the most when we miss the mark, when we sin. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 and 32 says, He whose ear 
listening to a life-given reproof will dwell among the wise. He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Usually we, we are reproved when we miss the mark. That's when we usually reprove. That's when it counts whether I have a listening ear. It doesn't count when, you know, everything is going hunkadori, you know, when everything is, is, you know, peaches and cream, okay? And usually the, the, the person who, who knows more whether I'm missing a mark or not is my wife and my, my daughter because we are together a lot. And so they know when I'm missing a mark more than anybody else, particularly my wife. And so... Uh, she would tell me when I'm missing that mark and how do I receive it then? Do I have a listening ear then? You know? Now, men, hear me now when I tell you that your wives are a gift of God. Okay? They're a gift of God. I hear one amen. Okay? <laughs> you know, your wives are a gift of God. You see? And what we want to do is receive that gift and treasure that gift that God has given us. It's very important for us to do that. Now, hear me, wives. Your man, your husband, you know, he needs you to be a wise reprover. Okay? Because it's hard for this, this, this uh, I don't know what... God put in us, I don't know why he made us the way he made us, but it's hard for us to receive nagging. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's hard for us to receive nagging, okay? There's a difference between a wise reproof and a nag, okay? <laughs> Proverbs speaks of, of that, yeah? It's better to be on a, you know, in a corner of a rooftop in the house with a nagging woman, isn't it? Okay? Uh, so, you know, you can't nag the man, uh, but you can pray. You can pray. That's important now. You can pray. You, uh, you should know your husband by now. It's amazing to me the number of uh, couples that don't know each other. <laughs> when I say don't, they don't know each other, uh, meaning that they haven't learned, the men have not learned, how to minister to their wives, and the wives have, have learned how to minister to their husbands. In other words, that they are still doing the same thing with the same results. You know, poor results. If, I said, why are you getting on this man's case all the time? Because he won't do anything. What do you mean he won't do anything? I've asked him to do this, and he, he, he won't do it, you know? Uh, I said, well, how often have you been doing this, and how long have you been doing this? For years. He, he grew up like that, you know. He just, he, just, he just won't do anything, you know. Unless you're nagging. So therefore, I nagging, you know. I said, well, and then I get by the, with a man by himself. I said, look, uh, why won't you do what you're supposed to do? Because she nags me. <laughs> I said, well, well, if you did it, maybe she wouldn't nag you, you know. No, she'll find something else to nag me about, you know. It's the ever-ending thing to do, you know. I said, well, look, um, this is what we're going to do then. Uh, let's try 
you know, getting a couple of things that you can do that needs to be done, and then I'll talk to your wife and have her just uh, give you time to do these things. Is that okay? He said, yeah, I, I can do that. But if she keeps nagging me, I'm not going to do anything. I said, okay, <laughs> all right, okay. You know, do you think that scenario goes on in the world? Do you think it goes on in the church? Yeah, it goes on, you know. And uh, now some people have learned to leave issues alone that causes problems, okay? So they, in other words, there are certain subjects that you don't touch in a household, okay? Uh, they have learned that you don't talk about this, you don't ask him to do this, you don't ask her about this, you don't say this right here. And they get along fine. I said, How, how's your marriage going? Oh, it's doing fine. I mean, we have a great marriage. man. We never have any problem. We never uh, argue about anything, you know? I know already that they have decided that certain issues they're not going to touch, okay? Because there's no way in the world you can tell me that you have two different people living together and they cannot, and they, they, they don't have any disagreements at all, you know? There's no need for the word of God, really, you know? I know Minerva and I, have, we have disagreements. I know that. We have learned how to disagree agreeably. We have, we have learned how to uh, take it to the word of God. There are certain things that, uh, you know, you, don't, you just don't do. Grievous words stir up anger. So why speak grievous words to each other? Do you understand what I'm saying? There are certain rules. There are boundaries. I tell couples, learn to fight fair. What's fighting fair? There are rules and regulations of fight. You know, just like in a, in a, uh, uh, a fight, you have boxers, they have a ring. You have to stay in the ring. You can't hit below the belt. You know, there are certain rules and regulations that you have. Well, it's the same thing with God. There are certain rules and regulations that you have that you can't do. You can't call each other names, okay? You can't use profanity. That's against the word of God. See, the word of God is the boundaries. Is that correct? You can't raise your voice. You can't walk out and say nothing. Okay? Because all those things happen in, in marriage. Some people, they, they, um, they have a disagreement, so the other, they don't speak for a week to each other. They just pass each other and act like they don't even exist. You know? We must have hearing ears when it comes to correction. And it happens in a family. And I'm telling you, God is calling, calling families, calling fathers to have hearing and listening ears. Hearing is receiving and obedience is doing what is received. Let's look in James chapter 1. And I'm sure you're familiar with James chapter 1. I can ask you to quote it and you probably already know it. Verse 21. Let's start uh, there. In verse 21 it says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the, the King James says, engrafted word. Engrafted word. What is an engrafted word? It's an implanted word. Implanted word. Which is able to finish it for me? Save your souls. 
How important is the Word of God? How important is the Word of God? It's so important that God says, I want you to receive this Word, which is able to save your soul. But in verse 22 it says, But prove yourselves doers of the Word, and not merely heroes. Because if you're just a hero, you are deceiving yourselves, you're deluding yourselves. Now what God is saying here is that you just can't have the physical ability to hear. You must have spiritual ears. You must have uncircumcised ears that you may be able to, you must have circumcised ears to be able to hear what God is saying. You've got to circumcise those ears. You've got to have, have, have hearing ears. What's the most important thing about hearing? It says in verse 22, do, do what you hear. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks in the natural, looks in his face in the mirror with his natural self. For once he has looked at himself and has gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. God wants us to have hearing ears. And it's very important. We must be determined to have hearing ears. Now, I talked about determination uh, just, to, just to begin. I said we must be determined to have ear, hear, hearing ears. But I've been talking about hearing ears all the time. Determination is a very important word. Determination is a resolve to decide and settle a thing right now. This is the direction I'm going. These are the boundaries. These are the limits. I'm not going to alter this, this uh, direction. I'm going this way. That's what determination is. Determination is limiting yourself, uh, you know, from distractions and focuses on doing the right thing. You know, in any, any given day, you have so many things that can distract you from doing what you're called to do. You know, in, uh, in the school system, they called it probably some letters, probably. They said, this person has some ABCD or whatever they call this thing, attention deficit uh, disorder, because they can't uh, pay attention, they can't, they, they can't focus on something. They keep wondering, their mind wonders, you know. Well, a person who is determined, they have to, they have to cut off all this other external stuff that comes that, that would attract them from doing what they've called to do and do just that. Everyone has the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours. Everyone has the same number of time, pretty much, that they are up. You can choose to sleep 10 hours a day, but it's probably uh, you know, better that you sleep just eight, you know, and so you can get up and do something the rest of the time. But if I want to be determined to uh, be a better, um, say, a student of the word, I can't spend my time, you know, uh, doing this, doing that, doing this over here, even though those things might be good, I still must be a, 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 to be determined that this is the goal, this is what God has called me to do, this is my priority, so all this other good stuff is not going to go. It's not going to go. I like to watch, you know, Pearl Mason. Y'all like to watch Pearl Mason? Nobody knows who Pearl Mason is. Yeah. 
How many know Pearl Mason? Oh, y'all are, y'all are old. That's good. <laughs> I wanted to watch Pearl Mason yesterday, but I couldn't. I couldn't because I had to, I had to spend time, you know, uh, getting in the Word, getting in the Word, getting in the Word, and then, then when everyone had, 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 had to come pray, we had to do that, you know. Uh, so all the spiritual things took, took uh, you know, precedence over what I wanted to do because I was determined, I'm determined that I'm going to be what God has called me to be. Now, watching prayer of Mason is not a bad thing. You know, you don't have cursing, you don't have, you know, uh, you know uh, immorality and all that stuff uh, on it. Um, you do have smoking, you know. I think they, they smoke, you know. I love Lucy, they smoke all the time, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, they still have things on things like that, even though they don't have the stuff they have today on things, they still have some bad things, okay? Uh, but it's not, a, a, in, it's not a bad thing altogether. How many of you have good things that you do that takes your time? And you know you should be doing something else, but you don't do it, you know? You don't do it. I, I, know, that, uh, <laughs> I know that I need to exercise. How many need to exercise? <laughs> uh, my son-in-law gave me a workout, you know? I worked out two times. I said, man, this dude kind of trying to kill me, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, you know we, we have to make time to do things. I don't, I don't, I don't make time to do that because, because I like doing other things more. And so uh, I will be, I'll be studying the Word when I should be exercising, you know. Uh, how, how many of you, you know, you say, I'm determined, you know, I'm going to lose weight, you know. But how many of you know there's going to be a lot of good things that's going to come up that you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it unless you be determined that all these other good things that I can do, they're going to have to, going to, have to be on a back burner because I'm determined that these distractions are not going to interfere with what God has called me to do. I'm going to lose this five pounds this month. You see? You got to be that way. We must be determined that we're going to have hearing ears. We must be determined. And the only reason we're going to have, have to be determined we're going to have hearing ears is because... God's word is so awesome. It is awesome. It is powerful. Look in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God, it, it, you know, it's quick, it's quick, it's like, quick as mean King James, mean living. It's powerful, it's active. It's like yeast. If you put yeast in, 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 in dough and let it sit, it's going to cause a change to that dough. If you put the word of God in, it's going to cause a change in you. It's sharpened in the two edges of sword, every pierce, even the divide, so under the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and it's a discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God will get in there and it will change your life. The enemy knows it's going to change your life. And the enemy will say, hey, here's a good thing over here. Here's a good thing. Don't worry about doing it that right now, you know. You don't have to be legalistic about this thing. You don't have to get in the word, you know. Why are you reading James in a way, you know? You don't read a thing one time. You don't read it two times. You don't read it three times, you know. Don't even get in this book of Bible, you know. You know what it's saying. You got other things to do. How many of you have kids that uh, when you get ready to do, you know, uh, uh, you know, praise the Lord, when you get ready to read the Bible, when you get ready to try to meditate on the Word, they, they come around and they want, they want attention, you know. They want attention. Uh, I have some of my daughter's cats, and they want attention. Every time I get up, uh, they want to come in the kitchen. Uh, so uh, what I do, because I study in the kitchen, uh, a lot of times, and so what I do, I, I went in there this morning, 
and, and I close the door. Boom, boom, both doors. They can't get in. You know? They can't get in. You know? They be scratching at the door, you know, they do all this. They can't get in. You know? Then my daughter came in this morning. Uh, one of my daughters came in, opened the door, and the cat shot in, the, shot in, the, in there. And then she went out and closed the door. Now he was stuck. <laughs> now, now he's turned all upside down, trying to get his paws on the door to open the door. He can't get in the door. I said, you shouldn't have come in here. You shouldn't have come in here. Now you're going to study the word or you're going to stay. You know, that's it. <laughs> but all these kind of interruptions come when you want to do what God has called you to do. You must be determined. Determination is very important. Uh, you know, I can, I can talk to you so much about the word of God, how important it is. If you don't get the word in, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you won't change. Guarantee. Guarantee you won't change in the, in the way you, 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 you want to change. Guarantee in the way God wants to change you. How do I know that? Because God says so. He says in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, uh, you probably memorized by heart, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holding something in sight, which is your reasonable act of service. Be not what? Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are not transformed from a, a caterpillar into a butterfly, that's what it that means, then you are not going to change. You're going to be conformed to the world. Guaranteed, because the word says so. You can, only, you can only not conform to the world if you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you cannot renew your mind with Perry Mason. <laughs> you know, you got to renew your mind with the what? Word of God. That's the only thing that's going to help you. The Word of God. That's what he's, that's his, his, his pleasing, his good, and his perfect will. Psalm uh, 119.11 says, Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. If we don't treasure his word, like we would, you know, gold and silver and diamonds, you know, we end up sinning. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is, finish it for me, settled in heaven. You know, another one I didn't have is that, you know, everything going to pass away to heaven, to earth, everything going to pass away, but what's not going to pass away is his what? His word, never going to pass away. Okay. Psalm 119, 104, thy precepts I, from thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. I get understanding out of the word of God. Psalm 119, 105, your word, O Lord, is a, what? Lamp to my feet and a what? Light to my path. I see every step that I take, I see the direction I'm supposed to go because of your word, Lord. The word of God, I have to be determined to get the word in. I have to be determined. I cannot have a hearing ear if I don't have this word in because what I think I'm hearing, I'm not hearing. What I think I'm supposed to do, God's not calling me to do. You know? Sometimes we know, uh, we, we know some things because we go to church, we, we we're in, in small groups, you know, we're in our life groups, we're in Sunday school class, we've been there ever since we were little, and all that. So we know some word, but we don't understand what God is saying because he goes from Genesis to Revelation. Sometimes 
is a word over here that the enemy is trying to get you to do, and God is trying to get you another word over here. He's trying to get you to do another word because he's leading you by the Spirit, and we don't understand that. We must be focused. We must have a, a focused purpose in life. What's your purpose in life? Is it to have a job, to get married, have a home, have 2.3 kids? You know, that's what I said about the marriage. You don't have a 2.3 kids. And um, the average. And have two cars, you know, that, that real nice, you know, garage, you know. Live in a nice place. You don't have to worry about, you know, drug addicts and things like that. What's your, what, what's your purpose in life? Your purpose should be, your purpose should be now to accomplish the purpose for which God put you on this earth. That's to glorify him. To glorify him. And we can't glorify him without having hearing ears because we're not going to change. Now, Jesus was determined to have hearing ears. Jesus was a determined man when he walked there. He said he had set his face like flint. You know? Paul said that I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, we can go uh, throughout the word over and over again, and you'll find men and women of God who were determined. Being determined to walk the word of God out is not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted. Because it's, it's, it's not easy all the time to walk the word of God out. But God is calling us to never quit. Never quit. Never give up. Never let your obstacles or any resistance that the enemy push your way to keep you from walking this word of God out. And I'm not talking about just a, a, achieving the, the ultimate purpose that God has for you, but having a, um, let's say, to glorify him is a daily thing. It's a, it's a moment-by-moment thing. I can't glorify my, I, I, I cannot glorify my wife and I'm not glorified. I, can't, I can't glorify God by being um, mean to my wife. I can't do that. You see, I can, I can say that, I, I can say uh, to her, hey, look, I'm studying, leave me alone, you know, I will do the dishes later. You know? uh, I can't talk to my wife that way just because I'm in the Word and using an excuse for God, I'm doing what you called me to do. She wants me to do, do something you know, something in the natural. I'm trying to be spiritual. She want to, want, want to get in the natural. She want to get in the flesh. I want to be in the spirit, you know. No, no, no. I'm not glorifying God. I don't care how much word I get into. I'm not glorifying God if I'm talking to somebody in, in, a, in a negative, mean way. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing, being glorifying God if I'm hollering at my children. I'm not glorifying God if I'm, you know, uh, uh, you know using profanity. Uh, you know, I'm not glorifying God if I'm, you know, disobedient to uh, our teenage your parents how are you going to glorify God if you're disobedient to your parents you can be memorizing scripture you can know all the scripture in your world you know uh, I, I knew a person one time that man knew more scripture I mean more scripture that man he can quote scripture I mean up and down he can, he can quote more scripture than I can think about but the problem is he didn't walk it out he didn't walk it out and so not only did it uh, end up uh, hurting, you know, him, but it hurt his marriage, it hurt his children, it, you know, it's just, it's a terrible situation. 
terrible situation. So I want to not give in to obstacles and to resistance. I'm not going to give up. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, finish for me. If I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap uh, corruption from the flesh, am I not? But if I sow to the spirit, I'm going to, of the spirit, reap life everlasting. But let us not be weary in well-doing, because we shall reap if we faint not. Don't faint. Don't get faint-hearted. We have a battle. The enemy does not want you in the word. He does not want you to have hearing ears. He does not want you to uh, uh, learn the word of God, because if you learn the word of God, you may do it. And if you learn it, he's going to try to keep you from doing it. And if you do it, he's going to try to put some type of obstacle there uh, in your past, some uh, uh, well-meaning person uh, that's going to uh, rattle your cage so that you will not do it all the time. He's never going to give up. The enemy never is going to get up. We can never give up either. Okay? God is good, isn't he? God is calling us as fathers, as families, to be determined that we're going to have hearing ears. We're going to be determined that we're going to be able to hear the word of God because we're going to know it and we're going to walk it out. You're not going to fool me, enemy, by telling me that, oh, you can do this right here because you're obedient in this word over here. You see, I know that Satan will quote word to me and try to get me to be disobedient to another, you know, a scripture. He'll do that. He did it with Jesus. He'll do it with you. I want to be, have men and women around me that's going to keep me accountable to walking all the word out. That's why I require, you know, people around me, uh, like my elders, I, I require them that you be a word person. If you're not a word person, you're going to do me harm. You're not going to do me good. You know, you're going to do me harm. Because those closest to you, they can be the ones who, who really help you or really hurt you. Okay? So I say you're going to have to be a word person. You have to be in the word. So that when I say something that's not in the word, when I have an attitude that's not about I, I the word, and, and they, I'm going to tell you, those, these elders, they are deaf on attitudes, brother. I'm, I'm telling you. And so they, 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 will, they will let you know when you have a bad attitude. Okay? They will let you know. And they can tell sometimes by my attitude, and, and they, uh, Elder John, he'll press me, boy, he'll press why are you doing this, you know? Um, because, because what, you know? Why don't you leave me alone? Uh, can't leave you alone, brother. Can't leave you alone, you know? Then why are you doing this, you know? You know, and, and so, uh, and Elder, Elder Sam said, he'll, he'll, I have him over my house, and he'll go pick up Elder, Elder, Elder John, and then they'll, they'll team up on me. You see, by the time they get there, boy, they, they got their act together, you know. I was, oh, man, you know, you're teaming up on me, you know. But that's what is good for my soul. Do you hear me? That's what you need in your household. That's what you need around you. You need somebody who's going who's gonna to be for you, but going to tell you the truth. Right? i tell you the truth. That's why I said, man, you know, we need our wives. They're a good thing. Okay? Aren't they? And wives, you need your husband because it's a, he's a good thing. Is that correct, wives? You singles, look for a good husband or wife. You know, if you're female, a good husband. Uh, he has to be saved. 
You know, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it if the dude's not saved. And just because he sit up in church, don't even think about that either. You know, don't think about it either. You, you get them around other people who are going to test that out, you know, because there's plenty of people who fake it, okay, because they sit up in church. You know? No, uh-uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Let's stand. Hearing ears, be determined. Hearing ears, oh, praise God. Praise God for hearing ears. Father, we ask you, and I want you to join me in this prayer, uh, because this is what I want to pray, and I'm sure that it won't hurt you either. I want to pray and ask God to give us hearing ears. Be determined to have hearing ears, and and. and and the prerequisite of having hearing ears is that we know the Word of God, that we, are, we, we want to be submitted to the Word of God, and we will submit to the Word of God. God, give us hearing ears, spiritual hearing ears, that we may be to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute basis, Lord. We want to hear your word. We want to hear you through your word. We want to hear you. Holy Spirit, we know that you are our leader. We know that you are our guide. We know that you uh, remind us and tell us those things that Jesus has, has told us. We know, Holy Spirit, that, that you are a word person. We know that. We know that if it's against the word, you're not going to lead that way. So therefore, Holy Spirit, we are submitted and we want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. Speak to us, Lord, that we may be better men and women of God. We can be better teens of God. We can be better children of God. Father, we want to glorify you. We want to be that sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to you every place we go. We want to be determined, Lord, that we're not going to be uh, sidetracked by good things. Those things that you have told us to prioritize, we will prioritize and we will get rid of all the other good things to concentrate on that. And we know that it's you who give us the will and to do of your pleasure. 